Hello everyone, welcome to another This Is Mappa. It's a very special edition of This Is Mappa because we love having guests. Um, Thasso <laughs> is a avatar at the moment. I don't know who drew that for you, Thasso. All I can see is the backside of a man. This isn't that kind of show, but he's got a... Now, now my, hey, hey, look, 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 right. I had, to, I, had to, I had to find a neutral football fan, right? And he's right. holding a coffee and a flare. Yeah? Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Is he from Flares and Garfairs, isn't it? Is he from Elvedia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The... He's about to throw uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. A right. uh, friend of mine did it. Hmm. Well, tell him to do yeah. his buttocks. We don't want to see that kind of stuff. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll we, have, <laughs> we have a very special guest, as you can see from the bottom, this, this lovely young lady. She is the founder and MD of Wow BD Group. And Wow is the correct terminology to describe this woman's um, ability and what she's achieved in such a short space of time. It's Eva Burko. Eva, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How are you? You know that I'm so happy of having me as a guest today, huh? You're happy? Yeah. When are I'm you so ever happy. happy? Yeah, because... Pradiforan, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's the first time, so I was looking forward to this podcast because Likewise. it's uh, everybody, you know, everybody's saying whatever they have in their mind. So that's brilliant. Uh -huh. And congratulations for what uh, uh, you have done so far with This Is Mappa. Yeah, this is what we're trying to do. This is yeah. what we're trying to do. We're trying to have fun and we're trying to be as, what's the word, Thassol? Ruthless as possible. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, ruthless. Yeah. What, what's the what's the right word to describe it? I think is it sikime? Is that is that what we? Bravo! Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my word. With. That's my mm. word for a lot of things here in Cyprus. Sikime. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, Evamu, let's start from the beginning. The Odi, you are twenty-eight years young. Twenty-eight yeah. years young. Okay. So. Okay, Brother Bola, why, why sports? What got you into sport? So uh, let's take it from the beginning. Wild BD Group was basically created uh, like three years ago. It's a business development uh, agency, business development group. Um, we're helping uh, foreign clients to get developed here in Cyprus or in Greece, that it's a very related market. Uh, to here in Cyprus. Um, although, uh, after a year of the launch of uh, WOW BD Group, I have recognized that there was a gap in the market of Cypriot market related to sports. Uh, and therefore, the idea of uh, WOW sports have been developed. Um, wow Sports, it's uh, the first uh, sport development firm here in Cyprus. We are dealing with uh, the development of sports, several services underneath like management, sports uh, marketing, uh, sports tourism, um, sponsors uh, hunting and management of the sponsors. Uh, sports investments, uh, sports organization and restructuring, anything related to the sports development uh, sector is underneath WOW Sports. 
it is uh, so much wow things that we can do, as we can say. I love this industry. Let me tell you this. Um, I'm also in football the last uh, two years because, uh, okay, in Cyprus, we I think everybody knows that uh, football is like the number one uh, sport. Uh, they think that I have recognized, and I think that we're very like-minded onto this, uh, is that uh, most of the football teams are so unorganized. So um, for me, it was so interesting, the fact that most of the boards of the football teams, they were owned by business people, that they do have businesses, that ideally they do gain profit to these businesses, but for some, I don't know, amazing reason, they couldn't get profit um, under a good business plan to their football teams. So, um, therefore, we have developed a specific football department in World Sports about this sector because all the rest, like racing, track and field, uh, swimming, uh, horse riding, that it's a very well developed over the next few years uh, sport, especially here in Cyprus, that we really need to focus on. Um, in other sports, they're so much different from football. So um, it's a shame. So, yeah, while sports has uh, very big objectives, very big goals, um, me as the founder, I'm very proud because, um, you know, over the months, uh, I'm recognizing and uh, I have been recognized for from a lot of people about the job that we are doing and I'm doing specifically in sports. So, yeah, there is a lot of potential. There is a gap in the market, as uh, I've said in, uh, previously. So, yeah, there we are today. <laughs> and you're doing a brilliant job. Um, I've you. seen how successful you've been, especially on social media. I've seen you do interviews on television with other podcasts as well. Yeah. Um, and you and I have had several conversations about the, the climate and the environment in Cyprus and how football clubs, certain football clubs, operate, which obviously we're not going to discuss just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, coming from the United Kingdom and we see how various clubs are run out here, probably not so much as how it used to be because... Clubs back in the day, they were they were publicly run organizations as shareholders and people could buy shares and work kind of stuff. Um, but you're seeing more and more privatized companies. You're seeing the big clubs like your Man United's and your Man Cities, et cetera, et cetera, and all of that. But in Cyprus, you do have that similar um, methodology, I guess, is the right term to use or a similar term to use, where you've got clubs like Aris and Buffor, Gadmiodis are now these days. But then you have yeah. other clubs. You have other clubs, and I support one of those other clubs. Okay, well, I wouldn't say Omonia are one of those other clubs because they're, they're privately owned themselves. But the way that other clubs, in comparison to Omonia, are run are head and shoulders above 
my club. And I don't want to talk about my club right now because it's not an Ammonia show. But when you look at the likes of Anorthosi and you look at the likes of Aboel and you look at other big hitters in Cyprus, mm-hmm. how are they going to compete with the likes of Aris and Buffer, who we know have got such financial muscle? How can, how can they compete with them long term? Look, um, what it is missing uh, from all these that you have said and what it was missing, it was uh, the strategy. Everything needs a strategy. A strategy, it's not really about how much money are you going to put into one football club. It's two different sectors. It's a technical part and it's also... Um, the management, the operation, the marketing. We are living to the 2023. Believe it or not, we need to adapt to the new tools that we do have on the table that we need to collaborate with these tools so we bring more new ideas on the table. Of course, you need a good technical team. So you need a good football team. You need a good coach. You need a good technical manager. You need a good sport director. You need uh, some scouters and good collaborations internationally. So you build a good strategy for this technical part. But for the rest, you need to make it understandable not only to the football team, but also to the football club. So it's like a strategy, like a a business plan that you need to put under a business structure. So it's so obvious that, let's say, if I am the investor of one uh, football team, let's say second division, okay? Ideally, By last year, the budget of one second division team was like, let's say, maximum 400,000, okay? Um, From next year, this is going to change. This is going to change because a lot of investors are coming, are reviewing second division teams. They want to take them to the next level. So we're going to see, in my opinion, a lot of changes over the next few years to the football industry of Cyprus. We're going to see a lot of teams maybe that they used to be at the first division for so many years, maybe to start um, get to know more the second division. And other teams that they used to be in the second division they're going to experience how it is going to be at first division. This is, you know, for a team to be for so many years to the first division and after so many years to go to the second division, it's not only about the budget that they do have for their footballers. It's not only about the 1 million euros footballer. It's also about the marketing manager. It's also about the partner that you're going to put for the marketing, the sponsors, everything. It's all related and everything is connected. We cannot avoid the fact that if a team wins, they need the psychological support. They need the good fan base. They need a good marketing. So 
since you've got wins, then you need to receive more money, more income from a lot of sponsors because the sponsors, they want, they usually, okay, want to be with the winners. So you need to make like a good business strategy. You know, uh, years ago when uh, the Russian uh, guys of, um, from Bafos came in Cyprus, I told them that let's say in four to five years, they will take the championship, okay? I think next year they will make it. And the reason why is because they are working with a very good business plan. They are operating with people that they are really full-time over there. Uh, we need to understand at some point that football, if you want to be in football or in any other sport, you need full-time people. You need a full-time manager, you need a full-time team manager, you need a full-time coach over there. If a coach works at the morning and therefore he's only able to do training in afternoon, this is not football. This is... Uh, this is hobby. It's impossible. Of course. Of course. So but the thing is, you, you mentioned you mentioned the business plan element, and mm -hmm. obviously everything that falls under that umbrella, so to speak. As you mentioned, you know, your your coach, your technical director, your your marketing. Um, but the thing is, you also need stability and you need trust. Yeah. And I think we're seeing many clubs in Cyprus. I mean, one in particular on their fourth head coach. One is on their fifth head coach. But the teams that are doing Can well at the moment... on their sixth. Can yeah. on their sixth, right? If you look at the top four clubs, where you've got Buffer, still got Berg, Ajax, have still got Oldra. Mm -hmm. Milovic came in to replace Sofroni, but he, he went on like a 12-13 game unbeaten streak. And then you've got the fella Aris, right? Yeah. Those are four clubs... But there's stability. Okay, you could argue one of them probably isn't financially as, as strong as the other ones, but there's still that fan base. They've still got the history. They've still got the backing. But the thing is, with, with Buffer, the one thing that separates them from the rest, I believe, they've got the Hollywood factor as well. When you've got Mendieta working at the club, you've got yeah. Salgado, big names. They might not be involved directly with the team, but they've got that reach. Now... You can't compete with that long-term, can you, really? Really. Uh, look, um, I believe that you can't compete because, as I, I said earlier, it's several tools that you need to take into consideration. This Hollywood factor that you are mentioning, basically, is just a tool. You know why? Because, let's say, Aboel. Aboel, they've got amazing heritage on, the, uh, on their back. You cannot compete the heritage of Aboel that it is going to be over there, like maybe forever, with one footballer that maybe next year is going to leave for another team or he's going to go home. And, okay, it was just seasonal. The heritage of Aboel, of Omonia, of other teams we need to take into consideration, and this is the most trustable tool that all that these kind of teams they've got in their hands, but they don't really take action about this part. It's not really 
you understand my point? I agree because the the background, the DNA of the club is very, very important, especially when it comes to bringing in players. You, you show them the trophy room, you tell them the history of the club. I get it. But the thing is, with the greatest respect, you're talking about Cyprus here. And mm -hmm. while Upwell got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, and, and I think they're the most well-known club in Cyprus because of that, that run, when you look at someone like Buffo, even even Aris, Aris are bringing in Serie A quality players. Yeah. Buffo have got, as I mentioned, Menendez Salgado, but they've got Henning Berg that used to play for Manchester United. You've got various players. They signed the, the third-choice Croatian national team goalkeeper for, for big money. They've got other players. Um, and I just think that it should, it should be a massive concern for the Cypriot League that clubs like Buffalo and Addis have got a bottomless pit of money and they could do what they want. In fact, we were talking about Addis just the other day on our podcast about their marketing, about how, you know, you go to Cyprus, like Lim Limassol especially, you've got the tabelles, the signs on the on the highway. Billboards, yeah. Billboards. You've yeah. got the buses, they've got Addis, they've got the club shop. Everywhere you go is Addis in Limassol. You know, just if, if you're an alien, Right, and you've gone into Limassol. Yeah. You you won't know that there's two other teams or three other teams. You won't know. You, you don't really know. Yeah, that's true. Because again, though, you need a good marketing manager that is going to take over all these. Yeah, you do need. I think you do need these names to use them as brand ambassadors of your team. Okay, so it's not really if they are playing like ninety minutes a full game. And uh, you can take a uh, full exposure of them. You can use them as marketing tools. You can use them in other sectors that they can leverage your team and basically give you credibility, give you... It's a different the ROI that a player can give back to the team. And for the people that they don't know, when we talk about ROI, we mean return of investment. That is the main factor that most of the investors are looking to sports football teams. The, the main question that they're going to ask is, what is their return of investment, especially in Cyprus? We're talking about a very small league here in Cyprus. So even at some point over a three years management, if an investor take a second league team and take uh, the team to the first division immediately with the money that he's going to receive in a first division team, he's going to take the, his money back. So it's this kind of stuff that football is the only sport like some others that you cannot only see the, the, the present. You need to see also the past. You need to evaluate and you need to consider the present. And at the same time, you need to plan for the future because the future is going to convert to you um, with, the, with collaboration of the present and the past. No, that's fair. That's a fair, fair comment. And do you know what? That's a yeah. that's a good that's a good segue into my next question, actually, because you you mentioned the future, and obviously, I'd like to think that Cyprus is sort of becoming more progressive in uh in the way things are done out there. As a female in the game, yeah. I'm sure you've heard every comment under the sun, every sexist comment, every remark, whatever. <laughs> 
and that leads me on to barriers. Um, and you must have come across many barriers. In fact, you're probably still coming across many barriers. And in all fairness, you're the only female agent or someone that's involved high up in the game that I know in Cyprus. Anyway, I don't know where the other ones are doing things on the sly. I don't know. But how has it's your true. experience been? It's true. My go. experience, look, um, at the very beginning, uh, it was weird to me, to be very honest. After two years, it still weird, but um, you know I'm trying also to adapt with this uh, fully men uh, mindset and how they think. At this point, after two years of experience, uh, when someone, for example, make a sexist comment. I'm not silent. I speak. I answer back. Sometimes I might answer as a man. Because this is the only way some people, they can understand in the football industry. This uh, industry, it's owned by men only in Cyprus. It's amazing. And it's the only sport in Cyprus that I believe... Uh, men feel so much power than in any other sport. It's amazing. It's amazing the way it's like uh, you are taking a part of uh, their pizza and it's just of them. Uh, look, it's not just on them. You do really, I think it was about time, this industry, this football industry, uh, to, especially in Cyprus, to, to start welcoming uh, women. Women that basically can manage, can operate, can do the dirty work and all the dirty talks because it's not um, football, it's not only about corruption. And corruption can be done by anybody and everybody unless you know how to play the game. So it's not a man's world. Women can be fit into this world and actually women can do the dirty job, a clean job. So whoever is going to understand this, I think football in Cyprus can also be more profitable to mm -hmm. all these people that is owned by all these, uh, you know, things that is owned by men. Of course, and I think people don't actually realise that one of the most powerful people in the football industry is Rafael Pimenta, who worked, or still, well, okay, I know he passed away, but um, Raiola's number two. In fact, she was yeah. the, the well, she was the, in fact, she still is running the agency. In fact, he was just the face. He was the guy yeah. that was in front of the cameras, but Rafaela Pimenta was behind the scenes doing everything. And I've met her once, and uh, she's ruthless. Yeah. And I think um, pe people such as her, people such as yourself, they're needed in the game. And just going back to what I was talking about, progression. It's funny how in the UK, we're still trying to get over this, this whole sexism thing. <laughs> you know, there, there, are, there are females that go to football matches and are actually sexually exploited by, by men. And when I talk to females that go to the games in Cyprus, it's not like that. I see women in the stands, sitting down watching yeah. games, they don't get any hassle. But for someone such as yourself, who is involved in the game in, in as you quite rightly said, a predominantly male-dominated industry, 
it must be very, very difficult not to take things personally because it's not, it's not saying they're not having a go at you as a person. It's yeah. because you're a female, you know? That's, that's effectively what it is. So, yeah, I can imagine it can be quite difficult and quite frustrating. I think frustrating is more... It's the, more the, frustrating, you know. Yeah. I think it's more. Uh, I feel I feel uh, frustrated most of the times because I need to put, you know, most of the time the comments are also personally. It's not really about uh, my job. It's or my effort or my value. It's basically about Eva. So when you're mentioning Eva into a discussion and not Eva as the professional, as the founder of uh, or the owner of World Sports or the owner of uh, one football team, you know, it, you are talking personal to Eva as a personnel. So when you're but doing is, this... But is that because they find you a threat or is, yeah. it, is it like a backhanded compliment at no. the same time? Not really. I think it's uh, no. like a threat. They feel threatened. Um, okay. But I have various examples, you know. The peop the men that uh, I, um, I met the last two years in the football, uh, I can easily separate them like into two categories. Are the people that basically, the men that basically they understood that they need to collaborate with Eva and uh, they can easily take advantage of her. And that's the very best professionalism way that somebody at this point can understand in the liaise. There are some other men though, the second category, that basically they feel threat of, ah, Eva is going to take our players. Eva is going to take our commissions. Eva um, is uh, going to throw me away from the team. Uh, Eva uh, is the one that fired me. Guys, it's not Eva. First of all, it's not personal. At the end of the day, it's all business to business. Whoever thinks, in my opinion, that Eva fired me. Look, guys, if you were not basically good at your job, you were going to get fired. Of course, this is job. Somebody else is going to come and take over your task because you are not doing something correct. So if it's not Eva that is going to fire you, and by the way, I need to have the authority to do this, because out of the blue, I cannot fire anybody. <laughs> okay. So that's also a misunderstanding. It's a different factor to have the authority, me as ever, and different factor to be, to feel me as a powerful element that you think I can manipulate somebody's thoughts to get fired. So... All these are, you know, I, I have heard the last two years, like everything. But um, I, I'm really, uh, I'm confirming things um, uh, over the last couple of months that I'm so into the idea and I'm, uh, I feel more power of doing this thing with uh, football and Based on these behaviors, I feel further 
that football industry needs powerful women like me uh, to take over the things. Do you know what it is? This is what I personally believe. Again, going back to the conversations that you and I have had over the past six or seven months. Yeah. I, I do believe that people think that you're a threat, but not for the reason, not, not only for the reasons that you've given. I think because they know that you know more about the industry and the game at your age than they did when they were yeah. your age. And I think they know that you've picked things up so quickly that you do have the potential to dominate. That's yeah. what it is. And okay, I don't think you do want to dominate the market. You know, it would be a great <laughs> idea. But I mean, given the way that things are done in Cyprus, even now, maybe in 10, 15 years time, you can have a stranglehold on it. But I think right now you just still want to learn more about everything and progress for your own personal development more than anything. Yeah. Um, but again, I just I just think they see you more of a threat because you've got more knowledge than perhaps they think you should have at 28 years old. You know, the last couple of months, I've heard so many times that, Eva, uh, it's not your industry, uh, or Eva, you don't really know about football. You're just two years in the football. Uh, you know, or I have heard also about my age. Uh, I believe that we are in the 2023 that, first of all, the technology brought one very good advantage, especially to the youth. Everybody is on the browser. It's on this fucking browser. Come on, guys. So whatever you want to search or find out, you can have a look at the browser. Now, Another two is books, it's news, it's uh, people that can influence your uh, daily uh, lifestyle and you can learn more from them. And uh, if you're clever enough to take this kind of information every day, uh, you can discuss and you can speak about anything. Now... I have heard so many times, um, you know, reasons like don't speak because uh, you don't know about football, you don't know about this, uh, you're too young, you are a lady, uh, you know, this kind of bullshit for me. All these are bullshit, you know, because it's not really, and every time I've mentioned that if I don't know anything, or if I don't know something, I'm going to ask the right people or the right person that does know the answer into something. Because I'm so lucky enough to have people next to me that uh, can uh, collaborate and can advise me about anything. Now, the second point is that at my age, I believe that I'm clever enough to recognize what it is the right thing to do based on decision or not. And the main reason is because my experience and my, um, you know, knowledge about um, meeting people, about discussing with people and all these related to negotiating deals and all this stuff, 
it's all about psychology after all. After all, you do have the, the feeling whether this is right or wrong, whether this person is a shit person or a good person. For sure, it's going to be times that you, you are not going to recognize anything. For sure. It's this kind of tricky part of, your, of, the, of life that actually I'm also thankful for these because they're making you stronger and they're making you more careful about stuff that you didn't uh, be care you, you were not careful before. So there is success. In football right now, I'm going to talk only for Cyprus because um, as well sports, we are operating international. And in Cyprus, that it's our headquarter, we do face, I do face uh, sexism. But in international level, I do have people that in Egypt, in Lebanon, in uh, UK, in Italy, in uh, Portugal, in USA, that, come on, guys, I'm collaborating and I'm receiving messages every day about people that they are in an international level. They are not just uh, a member of the board or a team manager in a second league or a first division in Cyprus. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's bigger. We need to th start thinking out of the box. We need to start collaborating differently and discussing stuff differently. Otherwise, um, at some point, when you face one ever, you will be feeling threat. Of course, of course. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a thing in a lot of industries with the, where there's like an old boys club is they're always scared of change, yeah. and that manifests itself in mm -hmm. anger towards the person bringing that change. It's true. It's true. It, it's not only football, guys. I think it's in okay in some cases, but you know you can see that the things are changing. First of all, from politics, when you see young people, because anything related to decisions and whatever is going on around the world is run by politicians. So as soon as you're going to see this change and we're seeing this change, president of parliaments, um, uh, they are either under 40 or women. So come on. Uh, when we, you see the big picture, the, the world that basically is ruled by under 40 people, 60% are women in um, chief positions that are taking decisions about what is going on in the world. I think one woman in the football industry, for example, in Cyprus, it's not really a threat. It's a key that can take you to the next door that maybe this door is not of an apartment or a penthouse, maybe is of a villa, you know, with swimming pool, with garden <laughs> and all the other tools. So Eva, th this is a two part question. Okay, so you know a lot of people in Cyprus. Uh, yeah. and I'm sure a lot of people know you. So the mm -hmm. first part of this question is, is is this a negative or a positive 
for you? And the second part of this question is, even though there's a lot of people that know you in Cyprus, a lot of people are agents. And even I have been approached by various agents. I, I say agents, agents, saying that they've got players, they can take them to various clubs in Cyprus. Yeah. Do these people make your life difficult knowing that this reputation of, of agents in Cyprus is a little bit murky, so to speak? I know you're not related to them or you're not linked with them, but you're yeah. also tarring people with the same brush. Uh, are you talking about Cypriot agents or foreign agents? Ah, well, if we're talking <laughs> about foreign agents, then we're opening a, a completely different can of worms because they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they're everywhere. If, I, if I'm talking about Cypriot agents specifically, mm, I'd say agents in general in Cyprus. How about that? Look, my my idea about this sector is that in Cyprus there is a thing. Everybody is agent. Everybody, all the lawyers, okay, based on law, whoever is a lawyer and they have got like a legal perspective, they can be they can for sure they can make one agreement between a football club and a footballer. Okay, now it's a different uh, thing to be a football agent. A football agent is not really just let's close the deal and uh, get shit done. A football agent, you need to see the progress of this player. You need to take him from level one to level four and you need to take him slowly, slowly. So you need to be next to this player all over the process that he's going to pass from one football club to another. So, if I'm a lawyer, it doesn't make me a football agent. If I'm, um, I don't know, a business consultant and I know the president of a football club and uh, I know another lawyer in uh, China, it doesn't make me a football agent because ah, I do have this contact with this footballer that we can bring him at uh, AEC and we can make, okay, 50,000 commission from him. No. Uh, you know, it reminds me like a pyramid uh, uh, company, this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's like, what the hell uh, is going on? Yeah. Because I'm sure you've seen this a lot, especially on LinkedIn. You see, oh, I am looking for a winger for three third division clubs in Cyprus. They need to be 21 years old, EU passport. And I see them thinking... You're you're not an agent, my friend. That that's not how agents do business. <laughs> to be honest, I'm very curious about these people, and I'm very worrying because even third division here in Cyprus, let's say, okay, let's say the biggest contract that a third division here in Cyprus can have is like seven thousand, and it's like the maximum. So if you're a football, that's a agent, month. Is that a month? You mean? Third division. Or a year. No, that'd be a year. Oh, a year. A year. A year. Of course. 
You're talking Why about third about third division Cyprus. Why well, don't certain clubs have got big backers, you know? And not you know. in Cyprus, not in Cyprus. It's like we're talking about I told you this term like a few days ago. We're talking about agriculture football sometimes, mm. you know? Mm. It's like in the in the fields, not even in the one stadium that can be approved for a second league. No chance. Um Imagine. So we're talking seven. We're talking seven thousand net clean. Yeah, yeah. clean. Uh, yeah, <laughs> approximately. So let's say we're talking about this kind of money. One agent, let's say, might take the ten percent, and it's like the best case scenario if he's the only one in this deal, because usually, you know. It's, uh, ah, I brought this contact and this contact was brought by another person. And therefore, okay, so what are we talking about? Are we talking about 200 euros? Are you kidding me? Who is doing all these negotiations, all these uh, things, all these back and forth for 200 euros? If, okay. Let's say this is about the scenario of not being a real football agent, okay? Okay, regulations have changed. You don't really need to to be licensed football agent anymore. But you need to have a, a business plan also on your back, you know? Like, um, what? Are you planning to take just a footballer? Or are you planning to develop one footballer? It's so much different. And it's also different, the perspective that a president can gain from you if you speak their language. For a president, uh, he doesn't give a shit if he, you are an agent or not. He, what he really cares is about the footballer. But you need to sell this footballer the right way. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I'll be honest with you. There's, there was one occasion not summer gone, summer before the company I was working for, I'm working for, mm -hmm. we tried to get a, a player over to Greece. I'm not going to mention which club. And uh, I'm sure I've told this story before, Thassel, but it, it came to the point where a few of the board members were telling us to demand the player gets more money and they would take a percentage of his annual wage, which was absolutely incredible for me. But it's, it's, it's normal <laughs> in certain parts of of Europe, but um, I need to ask this question, but I don't, I don't need to know specifics, but are there any clubs that you look at and you think, I would never do business with them, even if my yeah. life depended on it, yeah? Yeah. Are, yeah. There, are there many of them in Cyprus or just a handful, you'd say? Look, um, if you have asked me this question like a year ago, I was going to say... Most of them. But you're asking me this now. Uh, and until now, a lot of foreign business investors came in Cyprus with uh, very good ideas, with uh, good money, clean money, to be honest. Uh, money that are ready to invest in the team to make it better. So it's not the 
president of a company that they want to gain from the salary of one footballer? Are the presidents that they want to gain from the sale of a footballer? That's a whole different perspective that I hope and I'm very faithful that over the next two years specifically, we're going to see this change here in Cyprus. Well, I, I hope it. Ha I hope the change happens. I, the thing is, there was one rumor, and I, I, I use the term rumor because I'm not 100% that it's true, but you're, uh, there's one story I heard where there was a player playing for a first division club and he was, was going to be out of contract this summer and he was apparently he was going to join another club outside of, of Cyprus. And it turns out that the player is with the same agent as his dad and his dad is a head coach and he lost his job. And it turns out the president of the club of the player said, don't worry, mate, I'll get you a new job. So long as your son signs a new contract with us, the player signed a new contract with the club. These things, I tell people these stories in the UK and they, they don't believe it. But these are people that aren't involved in football. Yeah. People that see football every day. This is this could be pretty normal in various parts of the world, you know? So look, um, I need to be very fair with you. I mentioned you earlier that um wow sport and me as Eva, based on the network that I have, I'm related to sports investment. Okay. The first thing that I'm mentioning to any investor that is coming in Cyprus to invest in a football team, I'm telling them very fairly from the very beginning that, first of all, they need to bring people full-time and external people to work for your team if you want to make money or if you want at some point to gain back the money that you're going to put. If you're planning, if someone is planning to be in one football team and start involving their cumbaro, their uh, grandson, their, uh, I don't know, whoever from the family and from all these relationships that here in Cyprus we have with each other, to bring him into business, there starts the countdown, you know? And I have seen this twice the last two years. I was part of many fights the last two years. Um, because uh, if we don't understand the right way that we need to face things professionally, I don't know, maybe we're planning to lose the game uh, as a country. We want to uh, minimize football industry. Uh, and uh, what are we going to put after football? Basketball. I don't know if we have the abilities to put basketball. I mean, yeah, basket is a good sport, but come on. Uh, it's it's not football. The NBA. It's, it's yeah. not the NBA, is it? Yeah. No. So no. Uh, let's uh, rethink the whole situation. Because, you know, uh, with uh, contacts that I do have also with the Football Federation and... Uh, here in Cyprus, 
you know, with all the corruption that a lot of presidents are saying and are discussing about football federation here in Cyprus, they're doing this, they don't do this, they are so amateurs and all this. Guys, it's not only the, the Cyprus Football Federation that they need to collaborate on to everything. I, I can say a lot of examples that basically you, they are not doing uh, the teams the, the good thing to, um, to help also the Football Federation to help them. And Football Federation, actually, they are doing a good job to be very honest. At the moment and at the level that football is in Cyprus, they are doing good job. For sure, there is always a thing for improvement. But let's be realistic. They need to organize stuff. The third league, the second league. Yeah, maybe they want more funding from the Football Federation in order to do this. Maybe they want, they are interested to a more, uh, uh, you know, better uh, structure of the these uh, VAR and referee system. That okay. Maybe I agree. But let's put one question on this map: Are the football teams at the first league ready to receive for sure a very good? VAR system and referee system in the fields that basically are going to make them lose and some wins? Well, that's a good question because <laughs> everyone talks about VAR and how it needs to be used correctly. It's like we say in England, a, a good... Um, a good, uh, sorry, a good worker never blames his tools. A good workman never blames his tools. A good plumber never blames his tools. It's always the, the, the plumber or the person making the, or just using the tools, basically. And it seems that the issue is is um, is the same in the UK. We have the same problem with, with VAR. You know, we have people yeah. that don't really know how to use it properly. They don't know how to implement rules and laws. I mean, you could talk about various goals that have been scored recently, with Manchester Derby being the perfect example, where Rashford... Was, was offside and they didn't give it and the goal stood and you're seeing more and more. VAR yeah. lines not drawn in the Arsenal-Brentford game, whatever. But going back to your question about are people ready for it? Well, as I keep saying, people want the technology. They want it being used. But if their team scores a goal that's offside or if they concede a goal that wasn't offside, who are they going to blame? Because it just seems to me that a lot of clubs like to blame referees and Granted, yeah. referees make bad decisions. There have been some really bad decisions in Cyprus. You know, we, we do this podcast every week. Yeah. And every week, me and Thasso are always talking about a refereeing decision. Refereeing in fact, Thasso talks about... Was it that you do Thasso every week? Yeah, so they do like, They do a VAR review every week. Um, uh, Ma Ma Mazic does, uh, does like a statement where he talks about all the different uh, situations that VAR has been involved with and whether or not that's any use, if it's any good or not. And for instance, this week, it's been full of, I mean, you can see the kind of decisions they've made. It's the kind of errors are, are very schoolboy. Yeah, it's even, even Thassel's yeah. boy doesn't like the referees. Yeah, no. I was going to say this. <laughs> 
<laughs> mashallah, mashallah. So again, it's it's a it's a catch twenty two for Mazic, obviously, because he's going to defend his referees. He's not going to turn around and say they're shit. Yeah. But at the same time, we've seen referees demoted or even sacked in in various leagues because of bad decisions. So, what's the solution? What is the 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 right solution? No one knows. No one knows. I think no one knows because uh, you know nobody in football likes to lose. So that's one point. The second point is that everybody wants to win. That's the second point. The third point is that everybody is correct based on their perspective. So whoever comes to explain a situation, whether it's uh, the president of a football club or the president of the football federation, they're, go- they're not going to come, apparently, into one solution. So, you know, it's uh, a circular strategy that the only way that they can get things done is that, let's say, Cyprus Football Association proceed into a manual, start being more uh, strict, even more strict. They put things down and they understand what it... They do have an idea. I mean, come on. I believe that Cyprus Football Association here in Cyprus is 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 well organized, guys. I mean, uh, is the thing that we the the teams they don't give them, I believe, much attention to some things in order to help themselves basically collaborate and do the next thing. But do you, do you think GOP are getting a lot of criticism because of things that were done in the past that perhaps weren't right? For sure, for sure. Nobody has done all the things uh, correct, huh? Nobody, for sure. A lot of uh, teams uh, might get benefit from uh, COP and other teams uh, lose or lost have lost the uh, right. Uh, mm. Some actions of COP might was, uh, you know, wrong uh, or they were not the correct ones, let's say. So... Um, it takes two to tango. Of course. You of cannot course. blame just the one side. Well, I'll tell you what, Eva, I don't know if you've seen this today, but I think Salamina put out a statement and they said that they want a foreign referee for the game against Olympia Goz. Now, I've got a theory, and I, I could be way off, but with all the pressure that's mounting on Mazic at the moment, mm-hmm. I've noticed more and more teams, especially the past few days, have been requesting foreign referees for their games. Now, is this... Okay, you, you, you don't have to answer this question, but again, this, this is me guesstimating here. It seems like some sort of power play with these clubs, whereby they're all ganging up on Mazic to say, right, we want a, ref- a foreign referee for our game, for, to the point where he just turns around and says, fuck this, I'm, I'm resigning. That's how it seems to me. It's almost as if they're, they're almost like turning the screw yeah. <laughs> to push him to the limit. But he doesn't seem to be that kind of person that's going to be bullied by the the presidents. So let me ask you. 
Let me ask you something. You think uh, he's doing a, a good job or not? It's difficult for me to say, and I'll tell you why. Because there have been a lot of questionable decisions, mm -hmm. both by referees and VAR. And his explanation for these decisions, again, it, they don't add up to me. But then again, we're talking about, no disrespect, Cypriot referees here, right? And there have been some, in fact, there are some Cypriot referees refereeing a Danish game, if I'm not mistaken, at the weekend. Yeah. So there are some good ones, but there are some bad ones as well. But that's everywhere. I don't think any league in the world has got referees that are absolutely spot on. I mean, if you look at Greece or Netherlands or other countries, yeah. you're seeing, you're seeing. Okay, for example, Klattenberg wasn't Mark Klattenberg like head of the Greek Referees Association? Wasn't he in Egypt at one point? So there are refereeing issues everywhere. So I can't. I can't give you a straight answer with Mazic. I, I, I actually can't because, again, while there have been some good points, there have been a lot of bad ones as well. So I'm kind of on the fence with that, in all fairness. Okay. So let's say he leaves mm -hmm. and somebody else is coming. How are we so certain that the next one in one season is not going to be the same? So every year we're going to have the same issues because the three teams that usually used to be at the very first three positions, they are at the very six positions. First yeah. Six. So well, this is it. But the thing is, I, I don't think, well, exactly. But I, again, it goes back to what you said. Whose fault is it? It goes back to the strategy. If you don't have a strategy at your club yeah. and you have a, a long-term vision, if you keep sacking managers you've got no consistency, you've got no stability, so you can't challenge. It's no coincidence that the teams challenging for the title are probably the most stable when it comes to everything that you said, the backroom staff, the manager, the players, everything. Yeah. And the clubs that are complaining about them are the ones that either haven't performed well or they've not got decisions that they've wanted. But again, going back to your question, um, if Mazic does go, who's going to come in? The only time people are going to be happy is when the head of the referees union comes in and it's a guy that they wanted and it's a guy that gives them the decisions that they want to succeed. And we know that's not going to happen, especially in this day and age where there's a lot of eyes on the Cypriot League. Yeah. And the first division anyway, because I know a lot of shit happens in division two and three, which no one really talks about. I'm not going to go into that. Um, At some yes. point, there... There need to be one podcast about second division also, you know? Oh, we'll, we'll do that one day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on that. Don't worry. I'm, I'm lining it up. Bravo, well, listen, Leo, the, bravo. The, I, I, do, um, I do a separate show, or briefly, a, a separate football segment on BFBS, uh, the oh, British yeah. Forces Radio, every Thursday, and it airs on the Friday. And I've said a few things about the second division teams, and I know that some second division team presidents aren't happy with my comments but I'm just being objective I'm saying what I've seen and what's been reported in fact a lot of the stuff that's been reported is actually on the GOP website so don't be angry with me angry with <laughs> be angry with, with them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be angry with them uh, they're the ones that are giving me the information because it's, it's black and white but um, Thasso have you got any more questions Thasso is probably attending to his child anyway yeah. so, sorry oh, can, can you repeat that sorry repeat you the question more? bro Got any more questions? 
Oh yeah, no, I, I was going to uh, I, I was going to ask along the lines of uh, just going back to the referees and Mazic. Um, do do you do you think that uh, if he so obviously he's sending these referees to uh, to Denmark, uh, he's sending them to Portugal to get the experience that's required. Do you think that the clubs will have the patience for the the referees to get up to the standard that is required internationally for these leagues? Because if they've got the experience in these other leagues and they're doing a good job in these other leagues, then the blame doesn't lie with the referees, does it? Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I believe that Cyprus League is uh, so much different from other leagues. So even if he sent them to any other country to gain experience, they are just gaining experience as referees. Cypriot League at the moment it is, it's like they need very delicate um, uh, takeover of how the things should be done. So by sending over referees to other countries, yes, maybe they do need this experience. But are the, are the football teams, for example, in Portugal, are at the same level of the Cyprus teams? So even if they go there and take this experience as referees, they are going to. They're coming here in Cyprus, and they face, I think, a totally different other experience from the what they have passed in Portugal, in Italy, in Denmark, or wherever. So, I think even if he does this, basically we're again at point two. We need something more than that. I think that takes time, though, and uh, there's no patience. There's no patience because everybody wants to be at the first three by June. That's why. There is no patience. There, for sure, there is no patience. There is no patience because most of the teams, they own uh, most, uh, more than uh, five millions. That's why there is no patience. There is no patience because we don't face discipline into most of the teams. That's why there is no patience. But at some point, you need to be patient enough. Or, ah, uh, 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 what what do we want? If let's say we put referees from uh, Qatar, okay, that they have played to this leverage of football, you think they they will come up with comments on press that we brought referees from Qatar that they were in the biggest championship of the world and why we brought them here in Cyprus since the football market in Cyprus is so much different. These are going to be the comments that we're going to receive from press. So I don't know if you agree with this. Uh, that's my decision as a woman in the football industry. <laughs> Eva, I, I'll tell you my honest opinion on, on the matter. Now, referees have a very difficult job, okay? And yeah, they make mistakes and sometimes they, they're very infuriating, these mistakes. 
And we saw what happened with uh, Costantino Cristo the other day, um, the ethnic goal game, the referee. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in the past, as Tasso mentioned on the podcast the other day, referees have had bombs go off in their cars, all yeah. sorts of shit. I firmly believe that while it's it's entertaining that presidents come out and openly destroy referees in, in the press, I, I find it hilarious. But at the same time, I think they have a responsibility um, to protect referees as well. And by that, I mean, when you come out in the press after a draw or a defeat or a, a bad decision that doesn't go your way and point out and absolutely dig out these referees like they did at the weekend to the, the one that refereed that Boyle boxer game, and he's, he's quite a young referee, to publicly dig them out and lambast them, you're putting them at risk. And I think that we're kind of like, we're on a tightrope at the moment because fans... As we've seen in stadiums, fans are throwing Molotov cocktails on the pitch. They're attacking players outside yeah. the stadium, even at nightclubs, whatever. We're towing a very fine line at the moment. And I think presidents or press officers need to be very, very careful as to what they say and how they say things or how they publish things. Because you're putting a target on these referees back. And I'm sorry to say this. It's just a fucking game. Yeah, It's just a fucking game. No one's life is worth more than a game of football. I'm sorry. This is just me being yeah. being straight with you, you know? Um, that's true. That's true. And uh, it's also the reality, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, in one organizational structure, you've got the football team, the referees, and you also have got the Cyprus Football Association. It's like three mm -hmm. departments, three parts. The, in this triangle, you need to find this dot in the middle that all these angles are going to be connected and very yeah. well behaved so they have a good future. Uh, if you start like a propaganda of the whole story about referees, about blaming uh, Cobb, about uh, this, about that, it's not going to end. I mean, mm. uh, you need to come up into, uh, you need to face like a plan that it's going to be everybody into this uh, equation, you know? Mm -hmm. And the right way, everybody. It's not... Uh, it's not also about the referee symptom. Some things are so obvious that he cannot. It was offside, for example. It was uh, the ball that didn't hit uh, his hand. So, and by the way, since CFA, since Cobb proceeded to VAR, you cannot say anything after. Okay, what they can do. They can be more careful, for example, okay? They can send their referees up work. They can do this. They can do that. But again, for sure, they're going to be blaming somebody because they didn't win, because they didn't get those three fucking points. So what to say? It's just a fucking game, as you said. Yeah, it's just exactly. a game. Exactly.
Anyway, let's move on very, very quickly because we've done just over an hour and I know you're a very busy person. You probably had about 15 phone calls <laughs> in this time. So my final question to you, um, I don't know if that's what's getting more, but I'll wait to ask my question first because he might be busy. I don't know, I can't see him. Um, what is your... What is your long-term strategy or your long-term vision for the, the company, for yourself as a, as a person, as a brand, as a, as a professional? Yeah. Do you have, I'm sure you have loads of, loads of goals. Pick one, pick one, anyone. Okay, so <laughs> uh, there is something very interesting coming up over the next few months uh, forever. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be forever. <laughs> Forever, forever. Uh, but okay we can see um it's gonna be the first time in cyprus uh that this is gonna happen um so me as ever uh i'm planning to come up with a more powerful role into the football industry uh I don't mind and I don't really care anymore for people to be threatened about how I'm coming and uh, the way I'm coming. Uh, I came into football industry to stay and not to be threatened by any men uh, to leave the football industry the way they want me to live. This is not going to happen. So that's the first thing about Eva. I know my job, I have uh, two companies, I have so, uh, I have many clients, I have uh, so much people, good people uh, next to me that are worth to be next to me and I'm very happy to have them next to me. Um, that uh, I think that uh, I can do a lot and more than what I have shown so uh, so far. And to be honest, I was very calm and very in silent. So these two years. Okay, it was my strategy because I wanted to overview some things. Now, about World Sports, World Sports is going internationally in more international level. Anyway, we have our network in Italy, in Portugal, in USA, uh, in UK, um, with your support also over there. So in general, World Sports, it's uh, a big and very uh, good project uh, worldwide. Uh, and it's not only about football, to make a note on this. Uh, it's about all the athletes, all the sports that need support. It's about our Cyprus, our small island to get more connected with um, other sports uh, uh, from other countries to accommodate them here in Cyprus. Um, Cyprus is a great destination for Cyprus tourism. So uh, we need to start taking advantage of this. Um, so while sports, our objective and my objective as the founder of it is um, to get developed the right way with the good people, with nice and interesting and challenging projects. 
Uh, and I think we are going the right direction. We have also the support of some uh, government parts, and that's very important for us as a private company. Um, and uh, I think also while sports here in Cyprus for football and the sports marketing perspective, and the way we're proposing some uh, things for sponsors, companies based on taxation and, you know, all these small tricks, um, sport investments and anything related to investment, um, I think well, sports will be a part of uh, any project here in Cyprus or Greece. And uh, we're expanding. Expansion is uh, our uh, my biggest objective for world sports over the next three years. Do you know what you've you've listed all these things, and that's just off the top of your head. I'm sure you've got hundreds of more things written down that if you had a list to read it out, the list will go from all the way down here to the end of the room. But honestly, I've I've, I've known you for probably just over a year, and. I'm not. I'm not just saying this because you're here. You are undoubtedly in the top five people I know when it comes to determination, overcoming adversity, knowing what you want as well. And there's no bullshit either. Like the, I see so many bullshitters in this industry, and you sure as hell ain't one of them. And I, I really, really hope you succeed. I mean, you're you're successful anyway. But I know you're going <laughs> to go on to bigger and better yeah. things, honestly. Because Thanks. as I said before, there's. There's integrity, there's there's knowledge, there's experience, there's, you know, just one hand washing the other and both hands washing the face. And you've got everything there is to succeed in this industry. And there's one thing that you said about not giving a shit about what other people do and how they're going to get, you know, getting in your way. And you're not, they're not going to get in your way. That is the best attitude to have because you've got a defeatist mentality. You ain't going to get anywhere. And you are just like, this is the wall. I'm going to break it down somehow. <laughs> I'll have a um, wall, I'll have an explosion, yeah. explosives, whatever. Uh, I, I do. I, Sikime, yeah. No, it's not Sikime, you know. There need to <laughs> Literally be Literally bringing the house down. Yeah. Literally. Look, um, it's a, a, an industry ruled and used to be ruled by men, okay? Um, I know, and I know, and the one thing I'm sure... It's when I speak about something, it means that this something uh, is for real. I mean, that's the truth. And uh, most of the people, they do know and they do recognize this thing about me. Um, usually, men are behaving like this. Uh, apparently, and unluckily for a lot of men uh, into this industry, uh, I'm behaving also like this. So I, I, I don't really mind. <laughs> You're laughing. You're laughing because I'm correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Like you, you've uh, got to be a comedian. You've got to be adaptable yeah. to your, your situation. Uh, why not? Exactly, exactly. You need to speak their language. You need to play their game. Uh, it's not a matter, okay, of uh, having uh, nice eyes or good-looking other stuff. It's not about this. Uh, we speak at the end of the day, the business and the football language. So no matter what, um, 
you need to to face one uh, woman into this industry and you need to behave like a man to this woman but you need to behave like two separated people for the sake of business we don't need to lose respect in any case uh, it's uh, some uh, you know it's uh, it's some factors that into an equation in order to be successful enough you need to show respect and you need to evaluate the correct way the people you do have in your network in your circle otherwise one person at some point would come from your back and hit you and you're not going to know how this apparently happened you need to to be very straightforward to everybody uh, sports industry, I think, is the highest uh, risk industry uh, that somebody can be in. You need to be uh, very careful. You need to be uh, a man of your word. At my case, you need to be a woman of your word. Um, so you need to be, you know, correct. That I think that's the greatest words that we can word that we can use about this well Vamo, thank you so much for your time Thassa, have you got any other questions my friend i just want i just want to say thank you thank you again for for being on <laughs> thank you thank you that's Anyway, Eva, where can people contact you on social media because we don't give out numbers on this we just give out Twitters and okay, so um, yeah, on Instagram, everybody can find me as uh, Eva Purpu uh, or through Wow Sports or Wow BD Group. Uh, all our social media channels are active 24 7. We've got uh, teams uh, behind it, behind them. So, um, in any case, whatever the time zone, they can contact us uh, and for sure my profile and uh, me as Eva uh, whoever wants to get in touch uh, I'm very open to discuss uh, for for anything lovely thank you very much thank so, you boys and girls thank you for tuning in we'll be back next week I think we'll, we will be reviewing the Brathlima games there's a few tasty encounters coming up and I'm Pretty Indeed. sure we'll be talking about referees again. 